0: Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. I'm your host Ian McKinnon. I'm joined by Dave Somerville. How are you doing this week, Dave?
1: Yeah, I got a bit of a throat issue going on, but I'm I'm still here for all the banter and yeah, still crying at the Rams. Um, I'll bet you are. Well listen, <laughs> what we're gonna <laughs> What we're gonna do,
0: we're gonna jump straight into this, Dave. Got lots of games to get through, and then of course we're gonna have our uh, week 10 is in the bag. And then we're going to have mm. week 11 quick-fire, rapid-fire preview. And then, of course, we'll finish off with random stats. So we're going to start off with the Thursday night game. And it was the Atlanta Falcons the Carolina Panthers at Bank of America Stadium. 72,029 fans watched the Carolina Panthers pretty much dominate the Atlanta Falcons in this one. Um, Youngho Koo missed two extra points. For yeah. the Falcons. And I was like, oh my word. It's a lot of kicking in this game, but uh, two missed extra points by Young Hoku. Koo. Um, Dave, what did you make of this game? It wasn't the best Thursday night game we've had, but uh, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't.
1: But uh, I think one of the major questions that has probably come out from this, even this game in particular, is what, how bad is Desmond Ruder? Because Mariota... As soon as that ball is in his hands, the Falcons are worried. The Falcons have to be worried. It's just, he, he cannot throw the ball very well. For a quarterback, he's a good scrambler, but as soon as he goes to throw, that, that's when it just all goes bad. Really, really bad. And I think the Panthers are pretty steady in this. And to be honest, the Falcons just didn't look like they really wanted to win the game at all. I think Young Hoku's. Uh, missed kicks, I think there was a bit of weather a bit of wind uh, in and about but I think what one of them was just a downright miss which you don't expect from uh, young uh, young Oku and uh, they were both extra points as well which makes it even weirder, I, I don't think it would have had much impact on um, the game but I, th- I think Eddie Pinheiro missed an extra point as well so I think that just shows that it was a bit windy, that both kickers and both experienced kickers missed it but yeah, Panthers start, you know, they're they're doing all right without Christian McCaffrey. I think they've probably got a winning record without him as well. So, yeah, Falcons just kind of self-annihilating a bit.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And P.J. Walker coming in, he was 10 of 16 for 108 yards. No touchdowns, Mm -hmm. but no picks. He was only sacked once, didn't make any mistakes. Mariota, as you already uh, spoke about, 19 of 30, 186 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw that one interception. And on the Mm -hmm. ground for the Panthers, uh, Dante Foreman, 31 carries for 130 yards. Yeah. Yeah, he was... He was just gashing them uh, all game long. Um, so that was the score with that one. So then we move on to the next game, and it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks in Munich. First game ever in Germany for the NFL, a regular season game with an attendance of 6 to 9,811 fans. And I cannot remember the name
1: of the stadium in Munich. The- the Allianz Arena I think it was it's either because it's by, it's by Munich stadium
0: yeah it is by munich yeah. stadium i can just can never remember it uh and they packed in there and they were singing john denver songs all night and they watched the Tampa <laughs> yeah. Bay Buccaneers uh at a 21 to 16 win over the Seattle Seahawks and i'm not going to mince my words here the Seahawks should have won this game they were hopeless. They just kept giving the Buccaneers chance after chance after chance. When Geno Smith finally woke up it was too late. They were by this point they were already down 21 to 3. They finished at 21-16. Uh but the the Seahawks oh my goodness, Steve. They were terrible in this
1: game. They were really bad and um the the only kind of bright thing for them is that they managed to stop Tom Brady breaking another record. So uh, the record in question was that Aaron Rodgers currently holds the record for most consecutive throws without an interception, and that's four hundred and two. Brady was on three hundred and ninety nine, and then the attempt for the four hundredth was picked off by the Seahawks. Nice. So what a shame, mate! What a shame for Tom Brady there. And then, of course, Tom Brady was going for reception. And the cornerback <laughs> basically intercepted did. it from Leonard Fournette. And did, but, uh, did Brady
0: get called for tripping on that play? Yeah, oh, he, he absolutely did. did. He and did. It was yeah, a
1: f- that's fine. 15-yarder, f- I think Quite it was, right. as well. Why, afterwards. Why? But who,
0: I mean, who drew that play up? Who thought, oh. I know, let's run a gadget play, throwing it to our quarterback, who, you know, couldn't catch passes five years ago. Why are you, why are you doing it now?
1: Like all, just- all I'm saying is there are some coaches in the league that don't necessarily learn and so I'm just wondering we- do you reckon <laughs> they've, co- <laughs> they've copied the playbook of Nathaniel Hackett, maybe, at this point. Uh, listen, I,
0: if, if they copied the playbook <laughs> of Nathaniel Hackett, they wouldn't have scored any points whatsoever.
1: Well, that, that just, is true. But,
0: yeah. Do you know what? We'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah.
1: You're oh, already yeah. getting
0: me head up thinking about this one. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to skip on. Uh, skip on to the next game. And this was Game of the Week might have been Game of the Season where the Buffalo Bills and Minnesota Vikings faced off at Highmark Stadium and 70,844 fans packed in to watch one of the craziest ending of a games I've seen. Do you know what? It, it's the craziest ending to a game, I think, since the Bills' uh, Chiefs in the playoffs
1: Yeah, last year. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. it
0: was just bizarre. So so basically what happened was, for those of you who didn't see the game, uh, the Bills were up 27 to 23, 41 seconds to go. And they had the ball on their own one-yard line and I believe they were attempting a quarterback sneak just to, you know, gain a couple of yards. Josh Allen yeah. fumbles. It's picked up by Eric Hendricks for a touchdown for Minnesota. So, they're now, you know, for there was 41 seconds to go. They're now up 30 to 27. You're like, that's it. This game is over. Absolutely over. And then the Bills <laughs> marched down the field with, uh, whatever it is, 30 seconds to go, 35 seconds to go in the game, kick a field goal to tie it up as time expires. And then, in overtime, the the uh, Minnesota Vikings, ball first kick a field goal by Greg Joseph, 33-yard field goal. And with time running out in overtime, the Bills are driving down the field and Josh Allen throws a horrendous interception. I believe it was the yeah. second interception of the game for... Um Peterson. I think thank you. I was going to say Marcus Peters. It's Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. Yeah. Second interception. It was an awful interception thrown, and there was no need for Josh Allen to throw that pass. No need for it whatsoever. That's three weeks in a row he has thrown some really bad interceptions. The Vikings come away with a thirty-three to thirty win. Dave, what did you make of this one? It was a heck of a game.
1: Okay so just just a little bit of context as well so with just i think it was about just under 2 minutes left to go in the third quarter the bills are up 27 to 10 mm. okay now uh Davon cook had that massive run um i, I think it, it might be the first play of the drive or the second play of the drive uh, of the Vikings getting the ball back. I think it was 70 yards that uh, Dalvin Cook ran for us. So that was huge and that got them back into the game. Yeah, I th-
0: I th- it was uh, It was actually 81, 81 yards.
1: 81 yards. 81, 81 yards, yards so. yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, that, that makes it even more impressive. But that really rounded them uh, back up but then just before what you were mentioning about Josh Allen, it, it, was, a, it was a muffed um, snap, basically. So when the, the centre went to snap it into Josh Allen's hands, he missed the hands or he hit his hands something and bounced straight onto the ground instead. But before that, it was fourth and goal for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins went on the sneak and they stopped him on the one-yard line. They stopped him with like half a yard. So they had to go for either... Like some sort of just power up the middle or try not to lose any yardage. That's why they went for the quarterback sneak. Hmm. But my word, what a game! There's so much to talk about in this game. We're going to try not to talk about so much of it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we we would talk about this for an
0: hour about this yeah. game. I mean, it's ga- game oh. of
1: the season. It's game of the season so far. D- I definitely. don't think there's much doubt. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think
0: so. And oh, what can you see? Now you you mentioned this kid. Uh, in your random stat a couple of weeks ago Justin Jefferson yeah made I, one of the most incredible catches I've ever seen it's like I'm putting it top five at the moment yeah um or upon re-watching it a few more times it may eke its way up to the top three it's definitely top five i I watched it already 10 times I have yeah. no idea how he caught that ball. And that was one of just 10 for 193 yards and a touchdown. Well, Jefferson's turning into a monster, isn't he?
1: He is, absolutely. And he's he's making a show. Um, but there again, there was another massive, brilliant catch by Stefan Diggs, a one-handed one that was just far too high up in the air for someone of his size. He jumped up and he caught it with one hand. And, it, and I'm sure it was like a a huge third and long or something Mm. along those lines. And he just, the two of them, these guys are lighting up the league this year. I don't know how the Vikings actually won this. I've been, I've watched it, watched the full game. I watched the game in 40 on Game Pass and I watched the highlights and I still (laughs) don't know. I I don't know. I mean, both quarterbacks, uh, looking looking at their stats alone, they were terrible. uh, Josh Allen, 29 of 43, 330 yards 1 touchdown 2 interceptions a rating of 78.6 then you look at on the other side of the ball Kirk Cousins 30 of 50 which is a lot for him 357 yards 1 touchdown 2 interceptions and a quarterback rating of (laughs) 71.8 and uh, let's not be around the bush the 2 interceptions by each quarterback they were all quarterback error They 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 were bad Josh Allen both times into the end zone they they were in the red zone and they were going into the end zone and he was picked off both times just ridiculous and yeah I mean uh, Singletary did pretty well Uh, you know he he got kind of the power um, two rushing touchdowns two kind of powering in there uh, as good as he can do and Dalvin Cook with that massive uh, touchdown run as well but Diggs and Jefferson turned up and the defences on both sides really turned up so kudos to them but what Isn't, a game, a game for the ages.
0: Oh, definitely. Isn't it terrifying to think that um, Diggs and Jefferson could have been on the same team if the Vikings had traded Thielen instead of Diggs to the Buffalo yeah, Bills?
1: absolutely. It's, yeah. it's
0: just um, absolutely insane to think that. Uh, two, but easily, two of the best receivers in the NFL today. Um, I don't know where you would rank them. I think you've, got, you've pretty much got to have Jefferson number one. know uh, today, in the NFL.
1: A I think of catching catching ability, I, I think oh, so. Yeah, he's I think just,
0: I he's, he always seems to get that extra half a yard of separation. He can make anything, yeah. any catch that you throw at him. Um, he's got blazing speed. It's just ridiculous. But then Stefan Diggs, you know, <laughs> you could argue exactly the same thing. Man's absolutely incredible. So uh, that was a heck of a game, Dave. So I think what we'll do is we'll move on now and we'll come to the next game, uh, which is another high-scoring affair, uh, but a lot more one-sided. It was the Miami Dolphins and the Cleveland Browns at Hard Rock Stadium. And 66,563 people watched the Miami Dolphins putting it to the Browns. Tua once again overperforming, in my opinion, but still performing as they come away with a 39-17 victory over the Cleveland Browns. And I I don't know what to say. Dave, Tua, 25-32, 285 yards, three touchdowns with a rating of 135. He is the top rated passer in the NFL. And are we just going to talk about these uh, these receivers again for uh, for Miami? Tidy Kill had a, a much quieter day this time round. Only the forty four yards. What did you make of this one, Dave? I
1: mean, I mean, I'm not ready to admit defeat on that. I was wrong about Tua. I I, I think, like I said, I mean, Kirk Cousins would be MVP if if he was the Dolphins' quarterback. I truly believe that. Um, it, you know, there was like a, a He had a couple of. I I think I think one thing that's really going for Tua is is reading of the defense. I, I think there, he must be really good at that because he, every so often he does make an audible and it always seems to be the right audible. Which is, which is why, you know, he sets up with I think his uh, his accuracy isn't fantastic. But I think his reading of the defense, which is obviously really vital for a quarterback. I think that's what his his real strength is. And in this game, the Dolphins just didn't look like they were ever in trouble. Not not once whatsoever. Um For the Browns, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a great game. He had made a few great catches. Uh, He he got 99 yards from five receptions. Jacoby Brissett, who looks to be uh, set to go back to the bench very soon because one, Deshaun Watson is on his way back. Um, I
0: don't
1: think... that he's not done a lot wrong. That's not. That's not
0: this week, is it? It's not. I don't know if this, it's if it's not no, this it was, week. It's it the al- week after. It was an eleven-game suspension.
1: Eleven it? game. Oh, that's right. Eli. I keep thinking it was ten. But, so, so if it's eleven, he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. So, but he's, he's allowed to train. He's goodness. allowed to practice. Yeah. No, that, you're
0: right. Ja- Jacoby Brissett hasn't really done anything wrong. Um, he's not been great. I mean, you could argue the record, the three and six record. Very little of that is on on Brissett. Uh, you yeah. can't blame him for, for, you know, all of these losses. Um, it, you know, he's thrown eight touchdowns in in nine games. It's not great. He's only thrown five interceptions. Uh, he's over 63%, nearly 64% completion percentage, over 2,000 yards. He's played pretty well, but you just know that as soon as Deshaun Watson is healthy, not healthy, uh, cleared to play, I should say, yeah, um, then he, he will be. So I, you know, and I, I think it's it's a shame for Brissett, but I can't see any way at all, especially considering the guaranteed money that's being paid oh, to, yeah. to Watson, that he doesn't immediately start the second he's eligible to do so.
1: I I tell you what though, the one person that wasn't necessarily as good as he could have been in that game was Nick Chubb. Um, he 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 only had eleven carries in the game for 63 yards. He did have a touchdown, but he also had a fumble, which was quite a rare thing for Nick Chubb. Um, the other one as well is that Kareem Hunt got six carries and he only managed to get nine yards on those six carries, which is very un-Kareem hunt like. So mm. um the Dolphins shutting down the run game, but I think the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets and the Patriots are all that AFC East is the what the quiet one that's gone quietly under the radar has been the stacked AFC d- division this year instead of what we thought was gonna be the stacked which was gonna be the AFC West.
0: Uh, this is true. Uh, and speaking of the AFC West, we're going to move on to the next game. And the next game was the Tennessee Titans welcoming the Denver Broncos to Nissan Stadium. 69,240 people watched this game and at least half of the people who had Broncos fans probably wish they hadn't watched this. Um, the scoreline was 17 to 10 to the Tennessee Titans. But this game was one of the worst games to watch from a Broncos fan's point of view, and you wouldn't think so. They got out to a 10-0 lead, but this was one of the most boring games I've ever seen. The Broncos just, the the entire second half, I think they were 0 of 8 on third down conversions in the second half. They started off with just punt, it was a punt fest. From start to finish, for that like the entire first quarter, I think it was like did the game start with like nine punts? I think it uh. began with nine straight punts by both teams. It yeah, was something like
1: that. The first awful. quarter had seven. Yeah, the first quarter had seven punts in it.
0: Absolutely awful. It was just horrendous. Uh, but the the Broncos, I just. Do you know, sometimes I just wonder what's... Because Nathaniel Hackett comes on after the game, right? And do you know what he said? He's not going to
1: say that, oh, we need to do better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he
0: says offensively we need to do better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, really? Who, who really? calls the
0: plays, Nathaniel? Who, who does that? Who's the one man who can change what the offense is doing? It's the play caller. Anyway, anyway, we're not going to... Do you know what? Um, we're going to introduce a new segment, Dave. Ooh. Now, the, yeah, way, like the, way, the way things are going, uh, particularly with the Broncos this year, <laughs> just, we might end up doing this at least once a week, um, mm-hmm. and, you, and you might want to bring it in for the Rams as well. Yeah, uh, I game. think so. Uh, and we're going to call this segment, What the Hell is Going On Out Here? What the hell's going on out here? In the words of the immortal uh, uh, Vince Lombardi. Mister Vince Lombardi himself? Yes. What the hell is going on out here? Because I watched this game, and there were times, time and time again, that you just, you wonder with disbelief at what these play calls are. Shotgun, running from the shotgun formation on third and short. Why? Why does he, this, it hasn't worked since week one. You've had eight games to do this, and a bye week. And I thought they won last week. Well, I say last week. They won two weeks ago over the Jaguars. Good stuff. Get your head mm-hmm. up a bit. You come back. You got your bye week. You relax. Right? We've got something to work on. And then you come out. And immediately, it's just a punt fest. It's like Scott Hanson. I don't know if you've seen the the uh, advert um, it's sort of a, a parody of red zone and it's called Pump zone with scott hansen have you seen it
1: i have not but I'm, i like where this is
0: going and it's basically scott hansen uh, just vo- voicing over a a, a wee 30 second clip and he says welcome i've not i can't do his an- accent so if you're listening scott to do apologize i'm not gonna of course he's listening yeah, of, course, of course of course what else are you going to be doing you know, on yeah, a, on a Wednesday,
1: been, Thursday. Not, nothing and else to nothing. do but six days a week, but it's to catch up on ex- our podcast.
0: Exactly. So uh, I'm I'm going. To, I'm not going to do his accent, but obviously, you know what I mean? Scott Hanson, he's saying, he's saying, well, welcome to punt zone. It's like nothing but punts. You know, every exciting punt from the NFL. And all you see like in the octobox is punts just punts going on and then there's like they flicks like flick our game i think it's like the colts of the bills or something and uh, scott's scott hansen says it's a fake punt cut away cut away absolutely brilliant i love it that was the beginning of this game it, it was it was punts I, i've never Pun- I, it was just relentless punting relentless and yeah, like the the Carlos Waitman, the punt for the Broncos, has the most punts in the entire NFL. He's put it more times than anyone else. Nine times in this game. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times.
1: Nine times.
0: Nine times. Oh, and also, for 45.7 average. For some reason, Broncos kicker Broncos punters can't get a decent average. Ryan Stonehouse for the, the uh Titans Ponder eight times 54 yard average. And you, you just I, I it was it was one of the most inept uh, uh, trying, performances by by play calling now again and oh my god, you know what, Dave? I'm so sick to death, sick to death of every what seems like every single week, seeing defense is great. The, the, the Broncos' defense is the best in the NFL. And now, a couple of weeks ago, I said it, it's one of the best. It might be the best. No, it is the best in the entire NFL. we allowed fewer points than anyone else. Right. We're allowing less than, less than 17 points per game. Less than 17 points per game. If Broncos are 3-6. Yeah. Any other year, we'd be undefeated. I'm having 17 points, less than 17 points a game. Be undefeated. It's just... In fact, I think someone actually said if if the Broncos' offence had actually scored 18 points in every single game this year, the Broncos would be 8-1. I think that's right. Yeah, and, because uh, uh,
1: yeah, they've so, only... So twice. I've got to ask
0: you, Dave, what the hell's going on out here?
1: Twice. <laughs> Yeah, twice this season the Broncos have only scored uh, have scored more than 17 points. Twice. Twice. That was like against the Jaguars in London and when they lost to the Raiders 32-23. Now, they've scored 16 points three times I think. No, four times, I'm sorry. I apologize. Four times they've scored 16 points. And yeah, it they're just it's just not getting done. Just something that I did pick up on though. Um, so in the second quarter, and the Broncos showed a bit, a bit of life in the second quarter. They, they had a total of 147 total yards on offense. Okay. Now, in the third and fourth quarter, in the entirety of the second half, they had 106 yards. It's pathetic. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And of course, in the fourth quarter, there was uh, the, was that an interception as well? Oh,
0: the, 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 the final interception. Yeah! Wow, that was just—it
1: uh, kind of summed up the whole it game. It
0: really did. Russell Wilson overthrew Cortland Sutton. Now, people, I—I th- I think he wasn't actually trying to throw to Cortland Sutton <laughs> because Cortland Sutton was wide open on the five-yard line. There's no one near him. So, I mean, why would you throw to him? <laughs> um, and he threw into double coverage in the end zone, and it—it it got tipped and and yeah. intercepted. Um, there was a terrible throw. Wilson again. Now, now. I'm not going to accept the excuse that the Broncos had a banged up offensive line. Because they did. Yeah. They were already down to second string starters. And then they lost three offensive linemen on, during the game and Jerry Judy at the at the beginning. First play of the game for the Broncos. Jerry Judy got hurt. I remember that, um, yeah. I think they're saying he's got a high ankle sprain. I hope it's not.
1: I he think could, we'll, we'll, we'll come to high ankle sprains very shortly. Yeah, yeah, you well, what he,
0: yeah. yeah, they're saying it might be high ankle sprain. i got to hope so. Anyway, um, the Tennessee Titans defense, which is not the best, mm. was missing seven starters in this game. Seven. They only had four starters on defense. Broncos scored 10 points, all of them in the second quarter. Punted punted nine times.
1: Yeah, they did. But also, they also sacked Russell Wilson six times.
0: They did. But again, uh, now a couple of those, Wilson just had no chance. There was a couple of that where he dropped back and immediately just got swallowed up at least two of those, and if memory serves, it might have been three, but at least two of them were Russell Wilson's fault for not throwing the ball. There was one. There was there was a series of plays. So there was one Melvin Gordon dropped uh, a screen pass. Mm. Um and he and he was he had 20 yards of green in front of him. And a convoy, and he dropped a pass. And it was I was like, oh my god. Well, the very next play, I think it was. Um, Russell Wilson missed a wide-open Melvin Gordon by about two yards. And I was just watching this going, what is happening? Who is calling these play? Now, again, and I can't believe I'm having to say this again, but I am. For some reason, the Broncos cannot execute screen passes. I don't know what it is, but we saw it on display again. They, they just can't yeah. do it. Every other team can execute screen passes. Every team in the entire NFL, doesn't matter which one you name, guarantee they can execute screen passes better than the Denver Broncos can.
1: I, I, just, I, do, ha- I do have a theory about that because I, I, I was, I was, I was watching, watching the game in 40. Uh, because I, I, I was uh, on Sunday for the six o'clock games. I was watching the Bears Lions game because I was thinking it was just going to be a bit of a slobber knocker. So we'll, oh, come, yeah,
0: to we'll, we'll, we'll come to that shortly.
1: Yeah. But what, what's, what I did pick up on and what I've sort of developed a theory on is that I think that's down to Russell Wilson. Now, the reason I'm saying it's Russell Wilson is because when you have a screen, uh, I like guess kind of screen pass, what you, want to, what you want to do basically, you want to get it primarily against man-to-man coverage. Okay. Now the reason that because if one person is only is watching the running back, and uh, you're going to have all the other kind of uh, backfield, uh, the defense basically not watching the running back and watching their own kind of man-to-man that they're meant to be marking. Uh, so you will get one or two, one or one or two offensive linemen coming across, and then you'll have a big kind of load of green. Now I think Russell Wilson is either misreading the coverage. Or he's just kind of thinking, he's hoping for the best and just going with it anyway, regardless of whether it's right or wrong. So I think it's actually down to Russell Wilson, because when you're getting the chance to audible, they usually get two or three plays called as options for the quarterback. So I think it's down to Russell Wilson. He's just calling the screen at the wrong time.
0: (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. I mean, on on a, on on two two positives. Well, three positive took come. This guy, the defense is a given. This defense is ridiculous. Yeah. Now, for say, oh, Well, you know, Tennessee scored seventeen points. Yeah, so they scored a touchdown when they were uh, doing a two minute drill at the end of the first half, and for some reason, the Broncos went into prevent defense. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but they did. And I was like, stop doing prevent defense. Um, and then uh, they scored in a flea flicker, 63-yard flea flicker uh, from Tannehill to Nick westbrook Um, because two Broncos defenders ran into each other, tripped, and the other man wide open. So that's yeah. the only reason that the Titans scored uh, 17 points. Um, now, a couple of positives. Jalen Virgil, in his first NFL game, undrafted free agent, first NFL game, uh, with his first catch, takes it 66 yards for the score. It's very first time he's touched a ball in his NFL career. Yeah? Now, Dave, take a guess how many more times Jalen Virgil was thrown the ball in this game. So this was 8:21 in the second quarter. He, okay. His first catch, wide open, 66-yard touchdown pass. Take a guess. How many times do you think he was targeted for the rest of this game? Jalen Virgil. What do you think?
1: Oh, how many times? Did Nathan- you, uh, you knowing tack- what Nathaniel Hackett has done this year? I'm going to say zero.
0: Zero. He was not <laughs> throwing the ball once, and I, and I don't mean that he didn't have any more catches. They never threw at him again. Zero. Cortland Sutton was basically doubled for the as soon as Jerry Judy went down. They were basically just doubling Cortland Sutton and putting two men on uh, Dulcet to tag them the entire game. Oh, and Cortland Sutton made one of the most incredible catches. This this was lost in all of this garbage. This absolute drivel that we watched from the Broncos' offense is that Cortland Sutton made one of the greatest catches I've ever seen. And I'm putting that, this maybe not in the Justin Jefferson one-handed uh, with a defender on him, but Cortland Sutton was running um, to his left, turning around, falls down, And with his right hand, puts it behind him and snags this ball one-handed and in as he's on the way to the ground because he's sliding, sliding down as the ball's coming to him. It was unbelievable. If you've not seen this catch by Cortland Sutton, watch. The man is incredible and the Bronx are wasting his talent. And they've got Russell Wilson for five years and Russell Wilson looks terrible. He looks awful, just horrendously bad. And I don't know how you fix it. And, you know, so again, in the words of Vince Lombardi, what the hell's going on out here? I I, I don't know. I don't don't know. They need to... Why they haven't fired Nathaniel Hackett yet is beyond me. I I have no... He should have been fired in week one. Week one, here he is, after week 10. And he's still there. And then he comes up to the podium and says, ''Oh, we need to be better.'' Do you think so? Seriously? I mean, oh, sorry Dave, I kind of got a bit carried away there, I apologise. I'm just, ah, oh, my word, it was awful, it was awful. And hey, guess what, next week, next week the Broncos are playing the Raiders and the one team that the Raiders are going to turn up against and absolutely hammer is the Denver Broncos because they do it every time. I think we've lost like six in yeah. a row to them.
1: It's unbelievable. You said that the first time they played, yeah. You
0: said yeah. that the first time they played. And, and I was right. Uh, the Denver defence absolutely stuffed Derek Henry. He couldn't get anything going. But Josie right. Jewell. Yeah. And I, I said this last week. I can't remember if it, if it was uh, um, Tim uh, I was talking to last week uh, about this. And we're talking about And he says, oh, Derek Henry's going to you know, go for 200 yards. And I said, well, you know what? Josie Jewell, has something to say about that. Because the one team Derek Henry cannot run on is the Denver Broncos. They always do And Josie Jewell is an absolute rock in the middle of that defence. And Eviro, whose name I keep getting wrong, defensive coordinator for the Broncos, should be coach of the year, regardless of what the Broncos record is at the end of this season. His defence has been put in the worst, the absolute worst scenarios from day one. And yet, they're the number one defence in the NFL. This is unheard of. That they're number one. On yeah. Un- it should never happen. Dave, I apologize for carrying on. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna move on. Um, we come to the um Houston Texans, the New York Giants. The giants welcome Texans to MetLife Stadium in front of seventy one thousand six hundred and fifteen fans. Watch their New York football giants win twenty four to sixteen. Dave, I've been talking for far too long now. I wanna let you talk about this one. Uh Giants Texans, what did you make of it?
1: Uh, yeah there was a few big plays from Davis Mills um, that came out for the Texans which is a positive for them but the Giants never looked really in much danger to Saquon Barkley just doing Saquon Barkley things I mean he carried it for thirty-five times for one hundred and fifty-two yards and a touchdown. So that—that's pretty much what you expect from Saquon Barkley. He's averaging uh, a first down every, nearly every two plays. So mm. that's exactly that's exactly what you expect from someone as talented as Saquon Barkley. Um, Daniel Jones didn't really have to do much. Thirteen of seventeen for one hundred ninety-seven yards, two touchdowns. Well, one or two big throws there in there as well. Uh, but Darius Slayton the wide receiver for the Giants he was fantastic, he made a couple of big grabs and then the, a couple of yards after catch as well, just uh, fantastic I was really impressed with him uh, for, for the Texans uh, there's still Brandon Cooks he did come back but he, he, he's not quite looking 100% just yet, they had a, a few big throws uh, I think one to Chris Moore and one also to their tight end Jordan Aikens so Yeah he's looking good Jordan Aikens yeah, isn't he yeah. Yeah. They, they've, they've got a few kind of quiet talents there on the, on the Texans team and obviously you've got the main man of the moment Damian Pierce. Uh 17 carries for 94 yards averaging 5.5 yards per carry they, they look like they've got the potential to have a really good team I, I, do, I think Davis Mills he's Well, next year he's going to be one of the best backups in the league. He might start and then let the rookie, whatever rookie they pick from the draft, take over for a bit. But um, yeah, he was 22 or 37, 319 yards, which is good for him. One touchdown, one pick. The pick was kind of his fault, to be honest. But um, yeah, they they managed to run the ball really effectively, but the Giants just, they they got it done. And the Giants are seven and two. And who thought we'd be seeing that?
0: Not many people, I'll tell you that. But you're absolutely right with the Texans. They've got some uh, positives to look at, positives to work on. And I think if they can keep that core of players that they've got, maybe could use a small upgrade at the receiver receiver mark there. They could certainly be dangerous in a couple of years to come. So we then move over to the NFC North Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions at Soldier Field in front of 61,817 fans. And my goodness, the Lions pulled it out. Thirty-one to thirty. The story once again with these Chicago Bears, Dave. It, it the running game. My goodness, yeah. 30, thirty-five attempts for two hundred and fifty-eight yards and two touchdowns on the ground. What did you make of this one?
1: Just one name. Justin Fields, this was the Justin Fields show, I watched this game from start to finish at the time and I was in awe of this man This he made some of Lamar's runs look average because Justin Fields with his power running and his ability to stop getting to not get sacked, to extend the play was magical It what an, imp- what an impressive performance from him uh, he made a few good plays as well. A good, good few good throws. He threw for two touchdowns. He did a one pick, which which was um, by his former uh, college teammate Okuda, who who did take it back for six. Um, but then he then ran so far past Okuda, out outspeed, uh, out, well outpacing, yeah, outpacing Okuda uh on I think it was something like a sixty-seventy yard run which was just absolutely incredible. Um but Justin Fields, what what an impressive uh, quarterback he can be. Maybe not necessarily quite as much throwing, but on on his feet. Wow, he's very, very Lamar-esque. He was looking yesterday. I think he's starting to really come into it a lot more. Um I think there's also a little bit of concern for the Bears, though, after the game that Khalil Herbert uh, was uh, taken off with an injury. Um, now, we we know David Montgomery had an injury for a little bit as well earlier in the season. Khalil Herbert, who is also their kick returner. I think he, he opened the game and got it back to the halfway line. So that was a massive return right at the start of the game out of the blocks. But yeah, Khalil Herbert could be injured. So a little bit of a dent to the running game for the Bears. But yeah, it was Justin Fields on his feet. 13 carries for 147 yards. Two rushing touchdowns. Two touchdowns through the air. What a performance. And the Lions... The only reason Lions won is because Bears missed the extra point in the fourth quarter, and it was, I think, I, I don't know, was it a tip, or was it that the uh, the kicker just didn't I, kick know, it properly? I, I don't actually know
0: what happened to that. Kind of Santos did uh, did miss the yeah. the extra point after Justin Fields' sixty seven yard touchdown run with a nine minutes eleven to go in the fourth quarter, uh, and then of course Jamal Williams. Rushed it in from one yard out for the Lions with 2.21 to go. Michael Badger made the kick, and that was the difference. Now, you mentioned Jeff Okuda, he did have a pick six. Uh, In the fourth quarter as well. Uh, And DeAndre Swift added a touchdown run. So that that fourth quarter for the Lions, 21 points scored in that fourth quarter for the Lions. Only the six for the Bears. Um, It looked... I I mean, at the end of the third quarter, you thought the Bears had it sewn up. They're 24 to 10 and cruising. Uh, But the Lions came back and they did it. And just... you. Mentioning the, the Bears there, this running game, that's the sixth time this year they've rushed for over 235 yards in a game. That's amazing. Fifth yeah. in a row.
1: That the is... only, yeah, The I mean, the, the, the Lions just couldn't stop them when they were running. But obviously, uh, you know, they, they do want to switch up a bit. And that is when players like Okuda at quarterback come mm. in. But also... How about the number two pick in the draft? Aidan Hutchinson. Oh. Eight eight tackles. He also got to Justin Fields um pretty impressively. He just kind of almost pancaked the ta- the tackle to get to him, and it was really impressive. Just some good moves there. Um power football from Aiden Hutchinson. But yeah, I don't I'm not quite sure how the Lions won. Um De- like DeAndre Swift, six carries, six yards. He did get one touchdown, but he just couldn't get through. The Bears' defense were really good against the run game. Uh, Williams, sixteen carries for fifty nine yards. He obviously got a touchdown, but he wasn't getting much else in the entire game. Um, but yeah, the Lions somehow pick up a victory. They're three and six. Bears three and seven. But I think I, I take back what I said that the Bear, uh, Justin Fields is terrible, blah, blah. blah. I, I think I said that one week. Um, I still think golf's terrible but that's a totally different conversation. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different Just,
0: conversation we can have. Ju-
1: Justin, Justin Fields needs to improve his accuracy, I think, uh, with, with the throwing. But on his feet, he's one he's one of the best in the league. I think he's right. He's only second to Lamar, I think, on his feet. He might be the, the
0: second best athlete at the quarterback position in the yeah. game today. So we're going to move on now and we go to G-E-H-A Fields at Arrowheads Stadium where the Kansas City Chiefs welcomed the Jacksonville Jaguars in front of 73,493 fans, and the Chiefs just well, I don't really know what you can say about this. The by, by the second quarter they were up 20 to 7. I was right, in fact, they were up 20 to nothing in the in the second quarter and just took yeah. their foot off the gas. Um Patrick Holmes threw four touchdowns and his usual one interception, which he keeps doing. I don't know why he keeps throwing interceptions. Just it's it's a bad like,
1: one as well. Yeah, it was a bad one as well.
0: Yeah, and it's it's sort of like the remember we were talking about Josh Allen throwing the interceptions. But yeah. it's almost like a token interception. He needs to stop doing that. You know, he's, he's got four touchdowns and he's like, ah, I'll just throw a pick. But stop doing it, Patrick. Stop it. The man is the the single best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's one of the best of all time already. He's front runner for MVP. He has to win that, in my opinion. Um Dave. What did you think? The Chiefs were just all over the Jaguars in this one.
1: They were pretty much in cruise control for the entire game. They didn't need to get out of second gear uh, pretty much. I think there was um, Pacheco was the main running back for the Chiefs. There was no sign of Edwards there. I don't know if he was injured or whatever, but uh, Pacheco at the running, uh, he did fumble. I I vaguely remember and turned the ball over to the Jaguars, but when the ball was in Mahomes' hand, he, he just did Mahomes' things and uh, who, uh, uh, the the player in the league that you do not leave unmarked in the end, in the end zone? Who would you say, Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey. What did the Jaguars do? The leave Travis Kelsey unmarked. unmarked. And <laughs> what happens? <laughs> what happened? Touchdown. Of course, it was a touchdown. That, that is just absolutely ridiculous. But there was some serious blown coverage on a man-to-man. Um, the Jaguars they they rushed four, maybe five. And then, for some reason um what Kadarius okay, Tony he ran across he basically did a a, a drag a drag route mm. right across. No one went with him whatsoever. they seemed to be in man' to man coverage. All the other receivers for the chiefs were on the left hand side of the end zone, and right in the corner on the right was Kadarius Tony, just and he just kind of hopped skipped and jumped into the end zone because there was nobody within twenty yards of him, mm. which was just ridiculous for me, but uh, you know, you got Valdis Scantling. I think it was his first touchdown as a chief this year. Uh, got got in as well, but yeah, they they didn't really come out a second gear. Um, well, as, as you Lawrence, say, they, they didn't need to. No, they didn't. And Tra- Trevor Lawrence didn't have a terrible game. He just he wasn't really allowed to do that much. Um, uh, Etienne didn't really do a whole lot either. Christian Kirk made some pretty good catches from Lawrence, so he got two touchdowns as well. Yeah, so, he's starting to earn that money. Do well, you know what I
0: say? Starting, he's, he's which, been burning it all year.
1: Yeah, Not yeah, all, yeah. He's, he's, he's been he's, decent. He's played well. He's, yeah, he's, but he's played uh, a
0: lot better than I thought he was going to play. I'll give him that.
1: I will give him. I'll that. I tell you what, the Jaguars are still within. You know, they're they're still within distance of having that that team that can make the breakthrough within. The FC North because mm. the FC North is not the most stacked. It's stacked south. in south. the wrong direction. South, south, south. Sorry, it North is the wrong south.
0: direction. That's the look,
1: <laughs> look. Let's look. Let's be honest. The, the, this morning, you're lucky. I remembered my clothes. Let alone which okay. way up and down. Well, I'm, just, <laughs> so, I'm just glad that you're dressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I think I think the wider public wear as well, but you know we'll we'll just we'll skip by that. But the, yeah, the Jaguars. The, the, their their division is kind of. Stacked, but not necessarily at the higher end of the higher quality end so they've 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 still got an outside chance but i think they, they're not quite there yet the chiefs are there and more and i think they they are if obviously you've got the bills as uh quite fancied hot favorites in the afc but i think the chiefs are to be honest chiefs would be my pick out of the two oh
0: yeah I've, I've i've got the chiefs number one in the afc yeah and actually you, you see the bills are hot favorites they were they're now third in their division
1: so yeah, let's, I'm let's a, I'm a, not yeah. forget
0: that at the moment for the Bills, uh, but let us skip on and we move to an interconference matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and New Orleans Saints at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh, and sixty six thousand five hundred forty four fans watched their home team defeat the New Orleans Saints by a score of twenty to ten. Um, it was a bit of a boring game not gonna lie <laughs> uh, in fact it was 10-10 right up until the fourth quarter um, and then Matthew Wright had a 33-yard field goal uh, before Kenny Pickett uh, ran it in from one yard out with 8.38 to go in the game and that tied up all the scoring 20-10 to Dave bit of a boring game uh, from a neutral standpoint but was there anything you took away from this
1: uh, that the Steelers know how to stop the run uh, because Alvin Kamara could do nothing. Mm. The three times that Taysom Hill had the ball, he got one yard. Mm. Andy Dalton tried to run it a couple of times. He got one yard. Um, yeah, they just, they, they shut, the, the Steelers, they just kept shutting down the Saints and the Saints on third down, three of 12, uh, which just, it's not good enough. They Dalton only went down two times, but he also had two interceptions. Um. Whereas, you know, on the other side of the ball, the Steelers, Steelers' offense weren't that great either, but the Saints' defense were quite good. There's a lot of similarities between the Saints and the Broncos right now, except for the fact that I think the Saints don't have a star quarterback right now. I think Andy, Andy Dalton how, how, and James Wilson. Wins- I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hang on. Uh, Do right, you okay. think the only difference between the Saints and the Broncos oh, is no, that the no, Saints no. the Saints don't have a star quarterback?
1: No, no, no. That 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 is a difference. I apologise. Right, said oh the only my difference. God, because I was it, just no. going to
0: say, <laughs> hang on, at least the Saints can actually score points. Yeah. Well, yes, they can. Yeah. But
1: yeah, you know, it's the against the Steelers, they were really poor. Really, really poor. They got 186 total yards in the game. Which uh, it's not really acceptable, is it? I mean, Andy Dalton, seventeen of twenty-seven for one hundred and seventy-four yards. Mm. Alvin Kamara on the ground was eight carries for twenty-six yards. Mm. They just didn't try yeah. to run it. Yeah. Um, even through the air, he was three for nineteen. So, they. they I mean, they they had um, Juwan Johnson a wide receiver because obviously they've had a few, they've got a few injuries to the uh, to the Saints. Yeah. Um, Jarvis Landry had three. Three receptions. Chris Olave, three receptions. Michael Thomas is out probably for the rest of the season. Um, The defense had a lot of work to do. Um, There's a good few sacks, but I think that's more down on Kenny Pickett than anything else because I, I, I don't think Kenny Pickett is any good Um no, I, they don't, need I don't to think back is Ridge. much better no I don't know, you know just, if I I don't think that's quite what I said but
0: it, um, it's not what you said <laughs> but it, it's what you meant so that's
1: it's what, it's, it's what you heard it's but, what I, uh, uh, I heard I, <laughs> yeah but I, I, I do think I, I agree with you what you said before about Najee Harris that you're not convinced about him oh I remember you saying that a few weeks ago I completely agree he had a good game though against the Saints defense because it was the only thing that Steelers were really able to do was run the ball he had 20 carries for 99 yards um which which that, that that's pretty good it's it's generally what he does but um he's a lot up from his average of something like three three yards per carry so yeah um yeah that, that was the only thing they could have done. but like you said it was a really tough game to watch and even even for a Steelers fan it would have been a tough game to watch because you even though it, it was what um I think it was 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. The Steelers obviously managed to get a field goal and get the touchdown as well. It was a difficult game to watch, I'm afraid.
0: We then move on to Allegiant Stadium where the Las Vegas Raiders welcomed the Indianapolis Colts. And for those of you who don't know the story, 62,197 people in Allegiant Stadium watched an NFL coach in his first NFL game. Never coached in the NFL, never coached in college. His last coaching experience was in high school. The offensive play caller had never called a play in the NFL before for the Colts. So you got a first-time head coach and a first-time play caller. And wouldn't you know, they won the game 25-20 over the Las Vegas Raiders. And this was just awful matt ryan is like a hundred years old and he took off uh, on like a 40 yard run he with did. nobody near him he did It was it was almost as if from one of the angles there's like two of the the readers i forget if they were linebackers or whatever just sort of turned around and saw matt ryan running and just couldn't believe what they were seeing and were like oh look at him go no oh, i didn't know he could move that quick Oh, hang on a second! He just picked up forty yards. Someone better tackle this guy. It was unbelievable. But the Colts had, and now Dave, I, I'd, I'd said this. uh it may have been last week or the week before when I was talking about you need to get rid of Nathaniel Hackett and put someone else in to call plays for the Broncos. And I was like, yeah. well, who would you put in his place? <laughs> well, anyone. Apparently, well, not, not um, obviously you wouldn't have Adam Gase or Josh McDaniels, no. (laughs) But you could literally take someone who's never called a play in any NFL game ever. And look at that, 25 points they put up against the Raiders. This was actually a really fun game to watch. It was uh, almost the antithesis of the, the Steelers Saints game. Um, Jordan. Uh, I keep saying Jordan. I need to stop doing that. It's Jordan Wilkins. Jonathan Taylor uh, went off um, twenty-two rushes for one hundred and forty-seven yards, including a sixty-six-yard touchdown. Um,
1: I thoroughly enjoyed this game, Dave. What did you make of it? I mean, welcome back, Matt Ryan. But also at the same time, walk, uh, welcome back, Jonathan Taylor, because he hasn't. He's been out injured for quite a few weeks this season. But he's also been. When he has been back, he hasn't really been able to get these big runs, and yet somehow they bring in. Um, well, we should change his last name to Sunday now because Sunday's the day the day he turns up. Because on Saturday, <laughs> Mister Mister Saturday, Coach Saturday has suddenly got off to a winning start. He's one and zero in the NFL as a head coach, which is fantastic to see because we know that he he, he was he's. I, I don't think he's in a Hall of Fame center, but he was at at his at his peak. He was one of, if not the best centres in the league. Now, I, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, he was under centre when Peyton Manning was oh, Yeah. the yeah. I, yeah, yeah. yeah well, there's that, there's that, that
0: famous um, video of Peyton Manning on the sidelines screaming at Jeff Saturday to stop calling the plays. <laughs> just, uh, and he says, just, just do what I tell you. And he's like, well, just run the ball then. He's like, don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> Peyton Manning, pr- Jeff Saturday going at it. Um, I just, do you know what? When, when, when this when this was announced, when Jeff Saturday was announced as the, the head coach, I was stunned. I was like, what? I think we all were. And I, and I was thinking, you don't have a single person in the building that you can just plug in as interim coach. Not one person. You could plug in as interim coach. You going to get Jeff Saturday. But then do you know what? Jeff Saturday immediately comes in the first thing he does is is say why on earth is matt ryan on the bench let's what are we doing why would he be benched stick him up you're talking about a guy who's a potential future hall of famer Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you're benching him for sam ellinger ellinger apologies sam if you're listening can you've forgotten
1: his name already
0: uh, is it Sam? <laughs> I yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. You know, apologies, Sam, if I get your name wrong, but, you know, Matt Ryan is a potential future Hall of Famer. I don't think he is at the moment. I think he'd need to maybe get a Super Bowl win under his
1: belt. he need to get to the Super Bowl first. Um, well, not he's been with the to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yes, but not. he's not been back since
0: no no he's not been back since we'll, we'll see how it gets on but anyway so Jeff Saturday comes in and goes right first of all you you're playing right so let's stop this carry on and for some reason it worked about well, what's going on the Raiders what's going on the Raiders I mean uh, Mark Davis gave Josh McDaniels a vote of confidence what you, seriously said he's doing some great things is he is he is he <laughs> is he since uh, I saw I saw a stat, I don't have the number in front of trunt to me. I apologize. Um, since his six and zero start with Denver back in twenty ten, I think it was when he was head coach uh, yeah. of the Denver Broncos, um, I think his coaching record is like seven and twenty two or twenty three or something. That's his record Ouch. since that six and zero start. He's been rotten, That's- but then you know he is rotten. So there you go. Um, wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not not much else to talk about really. There, and um, we shall move on. The Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys at Lambeau Field. In front of seventy eight thousand four hundred thirty three fans, that's a lot of fans. Uh, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, and they watch the Green Bay Packers and the Cowboys go to overtime with the Packers taking it thirty one to twenty eight and snapping their five game losing streak i think it was that they were on there um dave did you watch this game this was uh this was quite an exciting game actually
1: But well, the packers went back to what i said they should do they need to run the ball and they finally did it and look what happens they come away with the win even though it went, it went to overtime but welcome back aaron Rodgers. long time no see buddy 14 or 20 224 yards three touchdowns no picks and then on the run game for the packers uh, Aaron Jones, 24 carries for 138 yards uh, and a touchdown and A.J. Dillon, 13 carries for 65 yards. Both averaging over 5 yards per carries. They got it done. And then, of course, the man that they drafted in the second round, uh, Christian Watson, of course. You know, the new weapon for Aaron Rodgers, 4 receptions, 107 yards and 3 touchdowns. All Aaron Rodgers touchdowns was to him. What a, a fantastically executed game. Back to what the Packers actually do best. And I never thought I'd say this, but the Packers will be glad to be 4-6 and six at this point. Cowboys, Dak, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, Dak had a very yin and yang game with 27 or 46. 265 yards, three touchdowns, but two picks as well. Picks and, killed him. Yeah, but who who did he throw to? Of course, like I said, he, he, did, he didn't get picked by J.R. Alexander, but he should have done. And then he got picked by uh, other players. I can't remember who Rudy Rudy Ford. Uh, That's it. It Was the other side? Did he have two interceptions? (laughs) He did. Yeah, and it it was. He's yeah. He's one. He's one of their uh, free safeties, or uh, if I remember rightly. But yeah, just stop throwing it directly to the opposition players. That that tends to cut down on the Uh, interceptions.
0: You you've said this before, Dave. (laughs) You've said this before. Don't throw the ball at the opposition.
1: And it's a it's a good game plan. It
0: is because that appears to be a recipe for disaster. Yes. So I think you might I think you might have hit something there.
1: I might be onto something. (laughs) You might be onto
0: something with don't throw the ball at the opposition. Um, It was a good game this one. It was uh, it was entertaining. Uh, Tony Pollard once again twenty two carries for one hundred and fifteen yards and a touchdown. He is. Definitely the real deal. And CD Lamb, CD um, Lamb, yeah, eleven catches, one hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns. Just wasn't enough to overcome um, the Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers combo uh, that the Packers were able to put out. And as you see, Christian Watson, four catches, one hundred and seven yards, three touchdowns.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and the cow, the Cowboys were missing their... What's their their star their star a, a defensive end called again? I've forgotten his name. Um, the. The who? <laughs> Sorry, who? Uh, the, the the Cowboys defensive end. Are you thinking uh, of Demarcus Lawrence? No, not no, no, not Lawrence. The other man, Lord, what's his name? We've forgotten it. We're the NFL podcast, we've forgotten his name. I've got no idea who you're talking about. Uh, he's an outside linebacker that plays a defensive end when he's rushing. I've, um, I've got no idea. I'm sure. I'm. I'm I am thinking, who who was it that was out injured uh, recently? Well, right now, I think it is, for the Cowboys. Do you know what?
0: Let me look it up. we to look, look, look up. this up while we're on here. Two seconds. Let's check. Yeah. Um, let's check. Uh, cowboys. I'm Googling. Injuries. Uh, who, are they, who are they missing? Anthony Barr. N- no. Nope. No. Okay, because uh, he went out in week 10. Uh, right, hang on a second. So, injured. <clears throat> excuse me. Anthony Barr was out. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was questionable. Micah Parsons was questionable. Micah
1: Parsons. Micah,
0: all right, Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. I I was like, he was playing. What are you talking about? (laughs) Was he? He was just
1: so quiet. I thought he was out injured. No, he was questionable for the game. Ah, because he was so quiet. He was just non existent. That's what I was thinking of. I'm so sorry. But he was just pointlessly there. I, I, he didn't, didn't do that him, much. I'm not kidding, Dave. Right? But I was like,
0: did you? It's like, he was there. I saw him on the field. It's like, hang on. I need to double check. Did he play? Yes, he did play. He
1: had yeah, five. He, he had seven Seven tackles. One, one tackle seven for tackles. loss. Yeah. Well he he, did, he wasn't able to get to Rodgers at all he's, he's he's basically being compared to Aaron Donald I was I was waiting for I said end. I said this last year
0: when when people were talking about Micah Parsons um already being defensive player of the year no he's not he's he's an incredible player uh comparisons Parsons is an incredible player I'll give him that but don't compare him to Aaron Donald just stop doing it you're talking about arguably the greatest defensive tackle who's ever played the game in Aiden Donald. So just yeah. stop it. And I think Michael Parsons is one of the most athletic defenders I've ever seen. He can play any position inside linebacker, outside linebacker, you know, defensive end. As you said, he can do it all, yeah. but he's, he, he hasn't reached the same level of dominance yet. Cause he's only in year two Um, that, uh, that AD 99 has. So we need, we need, come out with the with the the comparisons there but do you know i i do you know i thought i was going crazy there dave you were talking and i was so like sorry. who on earth is he talking about my comparisons he played he just didn't do a lot
1: that's a just yeah that, a that's lot. what i was mean because he see he's been the main feature of nearly every single game this week this year for the cowboys on oh, yeah. defense yeah he, he is
0: their best defensive
1: player yeah he just yeah. was very kept very very quiet
0: yeah yeah, okay, well, that's okay, my goodness. It's okay, okay. So, All right. <laughs> we shall move on. Dave. Sofi Stadium. Los Angeles Rams. Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals come away with a 27-17 victory. Dave, we're gonna we're gonna revisit the segment we had earlier on. In the uh. words of the immortal Vince Lombardi, what the hell's going on out here? What the hell's going on? Steve, tell us, what the hell is going on out here?
1: You know what, At this point, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm giving up on the NFL because the Rams, I, I mean, oh, how can I put it? It was like the battle of the the garbage and the garbage because we had, neither of our teams had the starting quarterback. Uh, Stafford is in concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray is focused on Call of Duty. Probably <laughs> he's got he's got some sort of fake injury that he's on about. But he's, <laughs> he's got he's like
0: really he's got eye strain or something he, like that. He, he yeah, he's
1: he's, he's he's on his PlayStation in his yeah. bedroom. Poor Kyler. Um, but yeah, well, we had John Walford coming in, and then I think it was Colt McCoy for the Cardinals who then got injured, and then their third string came in and still outplayed us. It was just, it was horrible to watch. So just some of the pointers I'm going to pick up here our, we couldn't get our running game going whatsoever which again is just the standard now for the Rams mm. in the whole game I think we rushed for something like 60 odd yards and I'm pretty sure Cam Akers was the best running back that we had or the the, be, the best stats anyway um, I mean uh, Dow Henderson when he came in he's more of an elusive back he's not like a kind of power running back but at the same time <laughs> excuse me he he just could, he was targeted so badly by the Cardinals defence that it it was just not fair at times. Um he got six carries for twenty one yards. He did get a touchdown, but it was sort of just a few yards. Uh Cam Acres, six carries for twenty two yards, so he got one more yard than Darrell Henderson. Um John, John Walford, every single pass. Now, the, this is what I was going to say to you. Do you remember what you said uh, the first week that Bailey Zappi came in for the Patriots? Do you remember the quote that you said? Um, I, I'm going to be honest, no. What, I'll tell you I'll tell you now anyway. Uh, what you had said was that his uh, when he was throwing it, he was throwing it just far, too much air underneath it. Throwing it far uh, too yes, high. Yes, 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 yes. John Wolford looked like he was trying to hit the sky cam on every single throw because <laughs> it, there was just so much air. I mean, Megatron would have just looked at it flying over his head and looked at him and go, what, what are you doing? What, what is this? What, what are you even trying to do? We were trying to alternate with Bryce Perkins coming in as like a wildcat quarterback. Who, he's like our third choice quarterback. Um, he got, uh, Perkins did get one completion from one attempt. However... It was for minus three yards. So that, that game plan didn't go well. Um, Walford was 24-36 th- for 212 yards and a TD. But, you know, of course, we just couldn't get anything done. Um, the defense was not great. Hopkins was great. Apart from that, I'm not even sure what to say anymore. We're struggling. <laughs> yes, <indeed. laughs> I'm, I'm coughing. I, I like this, I'm dying. And this is
0: why Vince Lombardi asks these questions. Because you've yeah. got to wonder Now, I think what we can take away from this is two things I'm taking away from this. The importance of a good backup quarterback. Colt yes. McCoy played. He was fine. He did everything that was expected of him. 26 to 37, 230 yards and a touchdown. Took
1: two sacks. That was fine. And everything else. Car- what did the Cardinals do though? What was the key thing that happened in that game? They took out Cooper Cup.
0: He certainly
1: did in many ways job. in many ways and you know they he got he had three receptions for minus one yards yeah. because they kept either if they weren't running with him like you know in kind of like a, a jet sweep then he was just he was being targeted in screens which is for the Rams anyway one of the most obvious plays that we do um so that that's what kept happening and then he was injured on a tackle and he he's potentially out for the rest of the season. So he's out for a minimum of four weeks, (sighs) looks more likely to be six, and that could be his entire season because he's got a high ankle sprain and now it needs surgery as well. So that's that's what we said.
0: Shame (laughs) for the triple crown winner from last year in Cooper Cup. Um, The other thing I take away from this is that I have no idea how passer rating is worked out. None. I, I, I don't understand it. So I'm going to give you some numbers here. John Walford, 24 of 36. 212 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sacked three times for 19 yards, has a rating of 79.9. Bryce Perkins, okay. one of one, minus three yards, has a rating of 79.2. Now, you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how? Surely if you're, if you're averaging minus three yards per pass attempt... And per pass, you know, completion. Surely that's got to affect your rating. But no, it's only 0.7 of a difference between Perkins and Walford. I don't know how they work it out. I've never liked it as a stat. Um, but everyone quotes it, so I quote it as well. So yeah. there we go. So um, if you're all done, are you all done, Dave?
1: Oh, uh, done? yeah, I'm, I'm done with sandwich. a lot of this. No, I don't. It's just awful. We don't even have a first-round pick, which the Lions going to have two amazing first-round picks next year. So. Yeah,
0: so are the Seahawks. Um, right, <laughs> so there we go. We move on to the San Francisco 49ers, Los Angeles Chargers at Levi's Stadium. 71,709 fans watched the 49ers win this one by a score of 22-16. to 16. The Chargers were winning this game. The Chargers, Constantly. in fact, led this game right up until 7.54 to go in the fourth quarter. They, they, they were winning this the whole time. But you know what? It's the irrepressible, the irrepressible powers of Jimmy Garoppolo that forces the 49ers to win. I know people don't, people aren't buying into this, but I am. It's, it's. I think he's just too handsome. That's what it is.
1: And that what keep, is. <laughs> it must
0: be because I, I don't see it in his play. You know what I mean? No. It's, uh, I, I kinda, maybe he's just distracting all the defenders because of a handsome he. Is. It's the only thing I can think of. Uh, they come away with a victory here, as I say, 22-16. They, they were trailing the entire game right up until 7.54 to go on the fourth quarter when Christian McCaffrey had a two-yard rushing touchdown. Robbie Gould misses the kick to make it 16-19. But then Gould redeemed himself with just a minute to go with a 20-yard field goal to make the final score, 22-16. Dave, um. There wasn't a lot in this game, really. The 49ers were able to run the ball once again, which we just expect from them every single time now. Jimmy Garoppolo was standard. Justin Herbert, though. He's not... Considering his talent, Herbert's not doing enough for me. What do you think?
1: What's your take? He's really not. I think he actually picked up another injury. He got... Uh, he got a little bit of an injury in the game as well because Chase Daniel had to come in uh, for a couple of plays uh, during the game as well. Um, not that he did anything. Uh, he was over for 2 was Chase Daniel, but uh, Justin Herbert, 21 of 35, one touchdown, one interception, 196 yards. Not great. Not um, great. And then on, they, they didn't try to run the ball whatsoever. I, I mean, they, Austin Eckler got six carries for 24 yards. Um, they also had Isaiah Spiller who's like their Isaiah Spiller and Sonny Michelle are their two kind of rotational second choice running mm-hmm. backs um, mm-hmm. between them they got five carries for five yards that's not which is that's just,
0: not going to get that's done that's
1: pretty it's pretty awful and Justin Herbert's main target was Austin Eckler so I think the 49ers um, defensive backs did a good job pretty much marking everybody else because Eckler got seven receptions for 39 yards um, but apart from that <coughs> Excuse me The Chargers in the second half Were just awful I mean they had They looked like they were cruising at half time The 49ers were lucky to only be 6 points behind at half time mm. But somehow The Chargers didn't Were shot out in the, in the second half absolutely awful play from the chargers again there's something going on in la i'm not sure, quite sure what it is i think the 49 Irish might have spiked the water supply that that's a you know, <laughs> possibility at this point um but i i think yeah the the chargers are five and four i'm not quite sure how this is a five and four team obviously they've got a lot of injuries but yeah just i'm not convinced about justin herbert at all i, I haven't really been uh, so, you know he was kind of hyped up to be like the kind of next what Josh Allen is today um, well maybe not the last couple of weeks Josh Allen but what he had been at the start of the season Yeah, uh, and I, he, he's think, just never reached that
0: no I think it's all come from he's got the physical ability to make any throw because we've seen him do it
1: he just oh, has he, he can throw nearly yeah he can throw nearly a hundred yards can no, Justin Harper but ridiculous
0: uh, but he's not been consistent
1: no and you
0: need right. to be consistent. And you don't need you don't need to be Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to be in order to win games. I mean, good grief, the, the Vikings are 8-1. Right? With, with Carl Cousins. Yeah, you with don't Cousins need the, the most spectacular quarterback play of all time in order to win games. But he's just been really inconsistent and, and making mistakes at the worst times. He needs to clean these mistakes up. Um, just missing players and, you know, throwing interceptions at the interceptions, again, at the worst times. So you need to get that sorted out. Um, so then we move on and we come to these... Monday night game, Dave, between oh boy. The Washington Commanders and the Philadelphia, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, where 69,879 fans, predominantly Philadelphia fans, watched their team uh, go 7 nothing up with just three minutes into the game and then never led again. Oh, how they did, sorry, telling a lie. They were leading 14-7. At the end of the first quarter, uh, but when the commanders came back with Brian Robinson Jr.'s one-yard rush uh, with just one thirty-nine to go in the second, the Eagles never led again. And this uh, game actually ended with uh with a one-yard fumble return touchdown just to seal the victory 32 to 21 for the Washington Commanders, and I've got three syllables for you, Dave. Heineki. This guy, (laughs) this guy here, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but he wins games. He's winning games for the Commanders. They were chanting his name in Washington last week when they lost. This week, in Philadelphia, and he wins the game. The fans absolutely love this guy, and I can see why I'm, I'm loving it. And the Eagles suffered their first loss. What did
1: you think? Didn't we pick this for our upset of the week? I've got no idea. Did we? I think we Might did. I think we picked the commanders to beat the Eagles for our upset of the week. And we <sighs> nailed another one. And My I goodness. tell you what, Taylor Heineke, didn't, he didn't throw a touchdown. He did throw a pick, but then in the build-up to gain the two touchdowns that they got, well, two touchdowns on offense that they got, boom, they just, they just, he just did enough. He was throwing it to Scary Terry, Uh just, Left, right and centre, eight, eight receptions. So half of his completed passes were to Terry McLaurin for 128 yards. I mean, that, that, that's it's pretty good. Good link up between the two. I tell you what, Carson who? I, I, oh, yeah, I don't, no, I've never he, heard of he, this. He should not, he,
0: unless, unless Heineke actually gets injured, he shouldn't play again for
1: the for the. He, he shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. I and and
0: said in, in pre-season, I didn't understand why they, they signed Wentz. Because they had Heineke, I was like, "Why? Why are you signing this guy? You've already got your quarterback. We've seen that from Heineke in the playoffs the other year. Yeah. you know That's when he true. nearly came within a a, a proverbial hear of a body part we won't mention um, of actually <laughs> beating the Buccaneers in in the the playoffs. Didn't quite do it. Um, and it's good to see Heineke getting the start. And it's I hope that he. Place for the rest of the year because I like Heineke. Uh Now, some people are going to say um, the refs cost the Eagles this game. Some people will say there were some calls uh, that maybe didn't go the Eagles way. But you know what? Cry me a river. If, that's, if this is the first time that you've had uh, a need to complain about the referees... Then you've had it too good for too long. So um, I, for one, is quite happy to see the Commanders win this game, Dave. And I think you might be right, actually. You can ring a well, bell. We did pick
1: this for the upset yeah. of the week. Well, what, what do you do? You remember uh, last week as well? Just before we go to a little break, last week what we said was that with when the Eagles were against the Texans. Now uh, the the tech, you know, twenty nine seventeen to the Eagles, but that the Texans they were doing quite well and they were kind of limiting Jalen Hurts. And say, oh, Jalen uh, Hurts got found out a few things, uh, a few times during that game. I think the Commanders just watched their footage, watched the footage of that game to see what what the Texans did well, and then just improved upon it. And mm. look what look what's happened. The Eagles are no longer on a. I was going to say on a on a lossless streak. They're now on a <laughs> a, a winless streak. <laughs> of, of, a, one,
0: one, one. i can't i
1: can't i can't remember what that's like they haven't won in one game yeah that's right yeah
0: right so what we're gonna do we're gonna take a very 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 quick break and we'll be right back and we're gonna have a rapid fire week 11 preview and then of course we're going to finish off with random stats we'll be back right after this Welcome back to the WinFL Show. I'm Ian McKinnon. I'm here with Dave Somerville, and we're going to do a rapid-fire Week 11 preview. Dave, we kick off with the Tennessee Titans at the Green Bay Packers. I see the Titans won it. I see they sneak it. Derek Henry gets back to his rushing ways as on the Thursday night, and he was only held at 53 against the Broncos. I've got to be a close one, though. I've got a 24-21 to the Titans in Lambeau Field.
1: Ooh, Wow! Well, I've got this game going to overtime. It's going to be twenty twenty with the Packers kicking a field goal in overtime to make it twenty three points to twenty. Two overtime
0: games in a row for the Packers. Yeah, we then got the Carolina Panthers at the Baltimore Ravens. I've got the Ravens absolutely creaming them in this one. I've got thirty one to seventeen for the Ravens in Baltimore.
1: Oh, well, I'm going to shock you a little bit because I think the Panthers are going to upset the Ravens here. I think it's, I, I know it's a big call, but I'm going for a 27 24 win for the Panthers.
0: Wow. We then come to the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. I think that, you know, as you said earlier, I don't trust Mariota anymore. And Justin Fields, if they continue to run for 250 yards again, I've got the Bears winning this one 24 to
1: 10. Oh, well, I've got the Bears winning as well, but I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be 33 points to 26 for the Bears. Oh, that's high-scoring.
0: When well, are to come to the Cleveland Browns at the Buffalo Bills. In Buffalo, I reckon the Bills get back onto winning ways against the Browns. I've got a very close low-scoring affair, though. I've got it 16-14 to 14 to the Bills.
1: Yeah, we're thinking along the same lines. I've got it 21 points to 17 for the Bills. I think I think the Browns are going to run the clock a lot and just kind of, you know, Chubb's going to run up the field, but they're just not going to have quite enough.
0: We then have the game of the unknowns, as in who's going to win? Nobody knows. It's the Detroit Lions at the New York Giants. And I think... The Lions will sneak it. I don't see the Giants going to eight and two. I'll be shocked if this happens. Um, I've got the Lions winning by a score of 21-20. A close
1: one. I've got the Giants winning and going eight to and eight two. and two. Eight and yeah, two. I think it's going to be really close. So, wow. so I've got a 25 to 24 score line for the Giants. I think that it's just going to be a, uh, an absolute bowser I don't even know what that word means but it came to mind it's right, just gonna be a slob a slobber knocker where they're just gonna take hits <laughs> that, that dump, sounds
0: like a word dump. that doesn't yeah. mean any, have anything to do with sports <laughs> That's, That's going to do with something completely different a s- yeah. slobber knocker <laughs> <laughs> I might need to look up the meaning of that one. If that, yeah, that that yeah. sounds like something that you would hear in uh, a I, certain type. I, of I film think it's. Or it, I think
1: it's. In, it's. It's in the WWE, but obviously oh there are <laughs> there are other wrestling uh, wrestling okay. uh, organizations available. <laughs> Slow burn, okay.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, we then go to the New York Jets at the New England Patriots, and if there are three things that are certain in life, Dave, it's death, taxes, and Bill Belichick beating up in the New York Jets, and I've got him doing it again,
1: twenty-seven fourteen. Oh, I've got a much lower scoring game than that. I think it's going to be 17 points to 15 for the Patriots. It's going to be a low low scoring, but I think the Patriots are going to get it. Uh, We then have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Indianapolis
0: Colts. We've actually got this as upset of the week because uh, as Callum Blaine succinctly told us yesterday uh, from uh, his his own source in Las Vegas, Mr. Elvis Presley, he calmly stated that he thinks if the Colts score more points than the Eagles, they can win this game. That's a direct quote. I mean, I I don't know how you I'm, put it any better than that. So I'm, to I'm trying to
1: say something. I'm trying. I'm trying to make that sound even better than it is, but it, it, I, you just can't. Yeah,
0: I think he said that the, their plan was to play the game and and score more points than the other team. So it's it's pretty good. So. <laughs> We, I do have the Colts beating the Eagles got the Eagles dropping two in a row. I think the Colts have got new life and they're in Indianapolis and I've got this one in overtime 23 twenty to the Colts
1: Well, I was very close to going for this in an overtime game. But I'm going to take the Eagles more just because I don't want Matt. I don't like Matt Ryan. I don't really want to see Matt Ryan do great. So I'm going to take the Eagles to win 27 24.
0: We then have the Los Angeles Rams at the New Orleans Saints. Dave, I've got your Rams winning this one.
1: How do you? I, I, I've got the
0: Rams winning this one. Like my head says they're going to lose, but I think there's something in the, just something niggling the Rams are going to do it I've also got this one going into overtime I've got 17-14 to the Rams
1: I've got this going to overtime and it's going to be 10-all going to overtime I think it's going to be just horrible offence against horrible offence but I think the Saints are going to get it done so it's going to be 16 points to 10 for the Saints in overtime we then
0: have the Washington Commanders at the Houston Texans and I've got Heineke doing it again. I've got him winning this one 27 to 20 over the Texans.
1: Oh, we're very similar. I've also got 27 to the Commanders, but I've got 24 to the Texans. I think it's going to be a very close game, but the Commanders to get it.
0: We then come to the first of the evening games. We've got Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Of course the Raiders will turn up in this one. Of course they will. <laughs> Yes, Derek Carr is going to be playing like, I don't know, like Joe Montana or Peyton Manning or something like that. And they're going to absolutely stuff the Broncos because it's the only time the Raiders play well is when they're playing the Broncos. Um, I don't have them scoring an awful lot of points, but I do have them top in the 20. I've got the Raiders winning this one 23 to 6. I don't think the Broncos even score a touchdown in this game
1: oh that's painful i've, I've got, I've got I, the raiders
0: I, yeah i've got mac crosby max max beg your
1: pardon max yeah, crosby max, yeah.
0: having like four sacks in this one
1: that's not an, impossible but I, I i have the raiders winning but i think it's going to be 17 to 16 i think the the, the, Bron, the broncos are going to like nibble and, nibble and nibble and nibble and just not get quite there
0: if they score 16 points i will buy you a pint Yes, that's fine. That's 4, 16 fine. Sixteen points in this game. Then we come to the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. I've got the Vikings going to nine and one. What thirty-one to twenty-seven over the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, I've got the Vikings winning as well, but more because of a potential discontent in the Cowboys camp that they're starting to slip behind behind you know their rivals and things like that. From what I'm seeing online, so I think the Vikings are going to get this. I don't think it's going to be at that high scoring. I think it's going to be twenty one points to twenty to the Vikings. So the Cowboys just to fall short.
0: We then have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Justin Herbert turns it on in this game because that's how inconsistent he is. But I think it won't matter because Pe- uh, Patrick Mahomes, I nearly said Peyton Mahomes. I nearly Peyton said Peyton. Mahomes. Th- God, that would be terrifying, wouldn't it? I nearly said Peyton Mahomes. <laughs> I think Patrick Mahomes uh, will turn it on even more. I think it's going to be a very high scoring affair. I've got the Chiefs winning win in this one 41-30.
1: Ouch. I think it's going to be a similar kind of scoreline, but I've got 35 points to 17 for the Chiefs. So I think it's just going to be a walkover for the Chiefs.
0: Yeah. Uh, We then have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, what do we think coming off bye week? Joe Burrow will get it going again? I think he does. I've got the Bengals winning this one by a score of 21 to 16.
1: Oh, I think that's been nice to the Steelers because I I have the Bengals scoring thirty five points here, and the Steelers Oof. being held to ten points. They might be held to 10, ten.
0: They might be held to ten with Kenneth Pickett, but if they get Trubisky, I, and they'll score a
1: few. More I think points. I think Mitch will turn out and will be put on there around about mid, mid midway through the third quarter and do absolutely nothing as well. So. Oh no!
0: If he comes on with, with, with more than one quarter, they might actually win this game. I'm just saying.
1: Oh. I'm just saying. Oh.
0: And we, I, oh. <laughs> we finish off with a Monday night football: the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's going to be same old, same old for the 49ers. They're going to run the ball down the throats of Arizona. And I've got the 49ers winning this one by a score of 23-17. to 17
1: this is a game that's in Mexico City and it would be a shame if neither of them could get back across the border Uh, that would be an absolute (laughs) crying shame if that happened uh, or a few calls to Border Patrol about uh, Jimmy G, Debo and Christian McCaffrey. That would be such a shame. But uh, not not I'm, I'm saying to any of our viewers to do that in your numbers. But I do have the 49ers sadly winning this. Uh, I've got the 49ers winning by 21 points to 19. Because I think the what Cardinals going to have a weird game. I think... They, I don't... I don't know if Kyler's gonna be fit or not. And the 49ers, you just don't know what Forty ers is gonna turn up. That's true. I think they proved they proved that all season. So I think 49ers is gonna win it in a close one. And that wraps up a rapid
0: fire week eleven preview. So Dave, there is only time for one more segment. And it My is a favorite course. random stats. Yeah. So uh why don't I kick us off for random stats? Uh, you go for it. No, you're you're a you're a Rams fan. We know. Allegedly. This. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> you used to be. <laughs>
1: Um, yeah,
0: I'm assuming you remember the 2018 season uh, 99% of it. Yeah. Now there'll be one game in particular that you will definitely remember. And that was uh, the game against the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Oh, yes. I, I watched this about four days ago, actually.
0: Yeah, it is one of those games that you could just watch over and over and over. Um, on November 19th, 2018, so in fact, you know, three days, almost the anniversary of it, um, the Rams came away with a 54 51 win over the Chiefs. So the combined points scored in that game was 105. That's yeah. the third most of all time. Now, the second most of all time was the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns, combined for 106. On November, also November, 28th, 2004. But the most of all time, this is the game we're going to talk about. Washington Redskins, as they were at the time, Washington Redskins, uh, defeated the New York Giants by a score of 72 to 41 on November 27th, 1966. So a combined score of 113 points. So that's one thing. However... There's another stat for this. You'd think, well, there's going to be loads of stats in this game. It 72-41, just the most ever. The most kicks ever made in a game, obviously you would expect them to come from this game. Charlie Gogolak, who's the kicker for the Washington Redskins, made nine of ten extra points and the game-ending field goal. Now, Well, along with the kicker for the Giants, they combined 14 extra points in a single game, which was tied for the most ever. But the funny thing is, the kicker on the other side was Charlie's brother, Pete. Pete Gogolak. So they had, between them, 14 extra points and one field goal in this game. And that was Charlie and Pete Gogolak, who were, they were Hungarian and uh, that was 1966, with the Washington Redskins beating the New York Giants 72 to 41. And those two brothers were the kickers. That's the most combined uh, extra points in a single game, t- tied uh, top
1: all time. And that's my random stat. Can you imagine them when they're teenagers, and they, they must have had a, a huge, like, 20-acre backyard to practice from where they're just. Punt, like booting the ball to each other, <laughs> practicing their kickoffs in anticipation of going to the NFL, just 60 <laughs> yards away from each other, just back and forth, and back and forth. Wow, maybe, maybe yeah, that's that. what they
0: did it was like a, like a really narrow, uh, you now even like we have Crofts here, just narrow strips, and one of them just yeah. kicking it 100 yards, and then <laughs> the other one just kicking it 100 yards, and just, just keep doing that backwards and forth. maybe not 100 he- yards.
1: You know. Either that, or they just had kind of two. They had just had one massive big net in their garden, and they just kicking it into each side of it. Oh, actually, it just,
0: yeah, I didn't think of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, that's probably I, more I, likely, I, isn't it? I, th- I think. Well, it, t- it took me a minute to c- to come to that thought, so I think we're both to blame for that.
0: Uh, very <laughs> it's, possible. But it's like it's like yeah. it's like a javelin thrower. I mean, where yeah, do you practice? True. You know.
1: <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't want to say what came to my head first, but uh, well, we, we shall, we shall, we shall move on. Let's move uh, look, on. We'll move, yeah, let's move yeah. on. I, I've I've got one that's very a lot more recent uh, than way back in the day when the red acted when the commanders were the red acted. So, um, my stat is about a team this year that are setting a new record. Now, as of the the first ten weeks of a season, there is one team. That has not had a touchdown of at least 15 yards this season. Okay. And this is a record that has gone back as far as 2000. And the only reason it goes back to 2000 is because that's only as far as this stat has been accounted for. Sorry, what? They've not had a what? They've not had a touchdown that's been 15 yards or more. So if we say that a 15 yard reception all all season. All season for the first <laughs> ten weeks. Now okay. I am going to give you three guesses of which team this could be.
0: Well, it's not the Broncos because I saw them scoring a long
1: one, so I know right. it's
0: not them. The, not the Broncos. Um, have idea. i idea. hang on. Through? I'm thinking. Um, I'm, 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 I'm stuck. I've got absolutely no idea. It, it's not. No, it's not. Um, I was going to say it's, it's not the Jaguars. No, they've they've had loads of big ones, big plays.
1: I I don't know. I couldn't do it. Well, the record stood after nine weeks as well. However, this week, what they did, they scored two touchdowns this week and they were both for one yarders. Oh, for God's sakes. The Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) Have they honestly? They, the The twenty twenty two Pittsburgh Steelers are the only team without a touchdown of at least fifteen yards through the first ten weeks of a season, as far back as this stat has been accounted for, how, which is two thousand. How many touchdowns have they scored? Quite a few, but none have been that many. They just keep getting into the red zone. This is. I think Najee Harris is to blame for this because he can't run more than three yards.
0: <laughs> I wonder what it must be like to have a good red zone offense. Oh.
1: I, I, at this point, I'm i struggling as well, so <laughs> it's not it's not just you anymore. But yeah, big shout out to the the Steelers. They just they're pounding the ball, but they're just they just can't get. They haven't got one more than fifteen yards, that's fifteen yards or more this entire season. Well, that's ridiculous. And yeah and just just in case that you thought maybe I, I wasn't quite you know it wasn't quite a right stat this comes from Warren sharp of sharp football on Twitter which I thought was fascinating I did fact check it I didn't get the exact stats of what their longest one was but I didn't see anything that was 15 yards or more so That's- correct it, it is but it's unreal. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous stat. I love it. Uh, so we've got some streaks we need to keep
0: an eye on. Carl Cousins is now 39. Is that 39 games? 40 games? He's now thrown a touchdown pass consecutive games. I Keep an eye on that.
1: Patrick Mahomes yeah. is I'll-
0: shattering records left, right and centre, by the way. Just, you know, even this year, he's just shattering them. Keep an eye on the Bears running game. They uh, are on pace to break the all-time uh, NFL rushing record for a team in a season. Uh, keep Brian, Justin Jefferson, and Tyree Kill, both of whom are on pace for 2,000 yards this season receiving. That'll be an NFL
1: record. So, yeah, um, lots to keep an eye on. Do you know who's not going to have an NFL record? Tom Brady, because he <laughs> threw an interception. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's very true. I'm quite quite happy about that actually. So, uh, Dave, thank you very much once again, Paul. your voice made it through the sh- through the podcast.
1: It did. I, it did. I, don't, I don't need it for work tomorrow. It's fine. The podcast takes precedence over work. Absolutely. Who cares? It Who does? cares?
0: And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Of course, you can catch us on Twitter at The WinFL Show. You can also find myself and Dave, of course, on Twitter. Um, please feel free to give us any comments or questions. Keep them coming. We do enjoy uh, reading all those. And we will see you on next week's edition of The WinFL Show.